haven't really heard what Jeremy says because I got my two Stanley Cup rings plugging my ear. And welcome in to the latest edition of Can't Hear What Jeremy Said, slash, because I got my two Stanley Cup ring plug in my ears. You know, Jesse, when that happened, you can hear the uh, the cackling in the background of that. Uh, I can. I was in that room. The major cackle that you you hear from that initial uh, response to was classic response to Jeremy Roenick was uh, was from Terry Fry, the uh, my old colleague at the Denver Post. That's him literally cackling in the background. Uh, that was. <laughs> So uh, welcome into the latest show, though, guys. This is uh, our weekly podcast that we do here on the Colorado Hockey Now. It's uh, sponsored by Bender's Bar and Grill, the best hockey bar in all of Colorado. Uh, Boulder Turnpike out there by the Westminster Promenade. It's been a top 10 sports bar voted many, 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 many places. Jim Armstrong, former Denver Post columnist, talk show host on ESPN. It's been on... uh, you know, he's been on that TV show, too, uh, Around the Horn. He knows what fans want in a top-shelf sports bar. Benders has 28 HD big screens, including a signature 70-incher and 750-inchers above the bar, plus eight tables that overlook the green rink at the ice center. The food is unbelievable. Poutine on the menu. Oh, did I mention that, by the way? Poutine on the menu. Best wings in Westminster to Broomfield to... All parts in between in Colorado, nachos, burgers, salad, pizza, 32 beers on tap. Stop in, tell them Adrian sent you. You get your first beer on the house. Jesse Montano, my long compadre, uh, is joining us today, folks. He's in, he's in the podcast. Jesse, we've been starving for you to, re- <laughs> for, to hear your voice again, and it's back. Jesse, welcome back, man, my friend. How are you? I'm, uh, you know, AD, I told you I'm, I'm thawing out a little bit, went and dug my car out on a, uh, very, very snowy day here, uh, in Denver. Not, not as cold as you would think though, but yeah, lots of snow. So I'm thawing out a little bit. Uh, but other than that, I'm good. I'm good, sir. You know, what's so funny, you were talking about, um, that clip there with, uh, with Patty Waugh and the laughing, <laughs> I actually always assumed the loudest one was you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't. It was Terry. He, he really thought that was funny. I, I know I, I laughed too. I mean, you can hear everybody laugh. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was quite a moment. We, we, I think we had a, I think if I have memory serves, and this is going back now, God, uh, I think we had a heads up that there was, he was going to say something. Because because Roenick had already earlier in the day said that uh, hey, just want to know where Patrick was the last game. Wonder yeah. why his jock was up there in the United Center rafters. This is this is this is. I'm not going to do the whole backstory in this, kids. You can research it. But basically, uh, Roenick talked some trash to uh, Wa. Said oh, I would have stopped him anyway. Roenick responds to that. Then Patrick comes back with his all time comeback that turns into a podcast title show host 25 years later there you go so uh jesse what's been on what's been going on man you dug your car out i know we're in a blizzard today good old colorado weather hit us but uh anything else going on my friend you know nothing nothing really just uh Mm. gearing up for you know holidays and all that good stuff Mm. some some family time and all that but no is uh i i i saw what was coming today so i told uh folks at work yesterday hey (laughs) I'll be at home tomorrow. Uh, so, uh, so no, man. I mean, that, that's about it. Just, just gearing up for all this, uh, 
super yep, fun, awkward family stuff coming yeah, up here. Yeah, other, I, other than that. I hear you. Well, we always go to my wife's uh, r- r- family's place because <laughs> my whole family is 2,000 miles away. Uh, so we always go to my wife's sister-in-law's place. Looking forward to a little turkey day there. Uh, yeah. yeah. My favorite holiday, I think, is Sam- Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um it it's uh but but it used to be more for the football in the afternoon and i don't think i like the football as much anymore because we still have to see this stupid detroit lions every single year for some mm-hmm. reason they still have to play the lions and they suck again this year <laughs> um and we don't get the dallas cowboys i don't believe uh thursday or do we i think they I, just played i i, I want to say they're playing the bears oh are they really okay oh, well never okay. mind if, if the cowboys are playing that's fine I, they, they just played three nights ago though. <laughs> but i guess that's the way it goes yeah the third uh yeah no i just you know thanksgiving's great christmas is great uh it's the sort of lead up to christmas that i've gotten you know kind of get off my lawn old man tired a little bit <laughs> you know the non-stop christmas music the non-stop sale ads are just blasting your face all the time uh, I sound old saying that, so let's move on. Let's talk Real quick, before we yeah. start talking some hockey, so your uh, Thanksgiving Day football lineup, you got the Bears and the Lions in the morning, the okay. Bills and the Cowboys at 2.30, okay. and then the Saints and the Falcons are the primetime game. Okay, all right, that's not so bad. Not so bad, I guess I can... Uh, actually, that Cowboy game should be a, a fun one to watch. I think the Bills are 11-8-3, and, and three, so... Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, all right. I'm, I'm Jack. I'm jazzed back up. I, I do have great memories of being a kid and watching those later afternoon cowboy games. Um, well, it's you true. Know, especially older, when you grew up back east, you see those games, and there were some great games back in the day on Thanksgiving. Yeah, uh, and, and and you know, just the older the older I get, you know, the more you do kind of you know value that you know I, I you know you make the jokes about being around your family and it is stressful and all that stuff, but just kind of <laughs> hanging out and. Yeah, and, you know, sitting there and watching the game with family yeah. and friends and yeah. all that stuff. It is. It's a good yeah. A couple of cold ones in you. A couple of tot toddies. Right. Are you? What's your favorite pie, Jesse? Pumpkin guy, mince meat pie, uh, pecan I, pie. I hate pie. Oh, what? I am. I am anti pie. Who yeah. hates pie? How could you hate pie, man? That's that's a, oh. that's a horrible dessert. Pie is a horrible dessert. Oh my god! Oh no, Jesse, Jesse, yeah. can I can I can I sway you still maybe on a piece of pumpkin pie with Cool Whip on it? One of my favorite post Thanksgiving desserts ever. I mean, no. I'll support you eating it, but I probably won't oh. have any myself. Oh wow! <laughs> Just what? Now I would have never guessed that. You don't like pie. Okay. Yeah, not, not I think you're going to get a couple of comments on the podcast on that one. Yeah. All right. Well, so you're – all right. So uh, last question on Thanksgiving food. Okay. Dark meat or white meat? You know, AD, what's so funny, I grew up being a dark meat person. I didn't – like I always mm-hmm. felt that white meat was dry. But the older mm-hmm. I've gotten, I, I, I'm pretty split. I like, I like the white meat. Dark meat is what yeah. I, you know, I, I just, I've always felt like it was um, not as dry. I just always felt like, like, like uh, right. you know, dark meat legs and thighs and stuff like that didn't right. dry out quite as much as uh, some of the white meat. So I'm, I'm, I'm traditionally a dark meat guy, but I'm pretty split now. What about you? Um, you know what? I'm kind of the, some sort of opposite now. I, I love me some good 
tender white meat with a lot of salt and pepper on it. But uh, I do like dark meat a lot better than I used to, especially the uh, the drumstick kind of meat, you know? Yeah. Uh, definitely uh, more protein in it, supposedly. So, you know, a little better for you. There you go. Uh, and uh, no, I like good dark meat now. I didn't, I used to hate it. Um, wouldn't touch it, you know? Yep. But now I, now I find myself dabbling the fork over there to the dark meat side, grabbing me a little uh, little slice off that uh, leg there. The, so The dark meat side. Uh, yeah, yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, uh, all right, Jesse. Well, this is a let's let's get into some half stock here. Yeah. Uh, listen, uh, you know, it's been. I feel like all my job is now is to just sort of give medical updates all day long. <laughs> um, it's really become kind of a drag, in the sense that you know, all you do, your first question to the coach is, "All right, what's the update, coach? Mm-hmm. Who's who's hurt now? Who's coming back?" So. To catch everybody up on what's going on today, Tuesday, uh, Miko Rantanen practiced with the team in a full contact jersey. So we have we have progress there for sure, but the word is not going to play against the Edmonton Oilers Wednesday night. Uh, more likely either the Friday game in Chicago or the Saturday game at home against Chicago. Um Gosh, I wonder if they're going to make Miko go on the road for that and start on the road. I tend to tend to doubt it, but we'll see. But but the but Jesse, the bottom line is Miko is coming back. Uh, let's let's get your thoughts on you know how do you think they they really did without him? And I know we've got other injuries too, but let's let's start with Miko and how much he's going to mean coming back and and what you think how the Avs kind of and we'll jump into how the Avs did without all these guys. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, obviously, it's going to be huge, right? I mean, Miko. Yeah, I mean, when 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 Miko goes down, that's not only one of the best players on your team, but that's one of the best wingers in the league, uh, you know, in all of hockey right now. So obviously, when when you lose him, you know, forget about the rest of everyone else that that they are without right now. Just losing him, that's going to take a, a huge toll. So getting a player like that uh, back in the Avs lineup is going to be a huge bump for them. Uh, you know, AD, honestly, relative to how they did without him, in my opinion, I think that, that if you have watched, you know, these last however many games it is now without him, if you're anything less than encouraged, very encouraged by the group that, that this team has, you know, I don't know what to tell you, at least in my opinion, you're without two of your three best forwards. Uh, you know, you're without how how many depth pieces at one point there. You know, it was Calvert, Belmar, Wilson, Jost, all out of your, you know, your bottom nine that you were without. Um, you know, you're without uh, Zadorov for a couple games. And you're without uh, Grubauer. With your, you're without Francouz for multiple games. And I thought the Avs did just you know i don't know if i maybe want to say great there were a couple games that were a little uh yikes but i mean when you're without that type of you know with you when you are without that list of players find me another team in the league that is going to be without you know goalies and top three forwards and defensemen and and who are going to get through it i thought the abs did great they had a stretch where they won four of five um you know, I, I think given the, the the circumstance, I don't think you could have asked for much better, in my opinion, when you when you look at the games as a whole. Like I said, were there a couple games in there 
Uh, you know, the Edmonton game comes to mind where maybe they got run over a bit. Yeah, sure. But when you take a look at this co- this collective group of games, now that you're close to getting Miko Ranton back and you say, okay, did this team keep their head above water without some of their superstars? And I, I think that's a, a resounding yes, obviously aided by the <laughs> overnight emergence of Kale mm. McCarr. You know, we knew he was good. We weren't expecting him to be this good, and we'll get to that here a little bit later. Um, but I, I think I think this stretch, given the players they are without, Miko Rantanen, in my eyes, being kind of the centerpiece of that, uh, I don't think you could have asked for much um, more. I mostly agree with that. I definitely have to give the Avalanche credit for, especially during that five-game trip where they lost both goalies and had to play mm-hmm. Antoine Bebo and Adam Werner <laughs> for three starts out of those games. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically four when you look at the injury to Francis at the time it happened. Uh, and the fact that they right. won three of those four was was huge. Uh, yeah. The one thing that's disappointed me and brings me to a little bit of a sad face is is the the play of the last two games when they've you know gotten their goalies back when they've you know gotten a couple guys back like a Belmar like a Jost and you know basically came out and laid a big fat egg in both starts of the game in Minnesota and Toronto. I know they got out to one nothing lead against Toronto and that was great. It was a bad goal basically, but uh hats off for that. And it's it concerned me that they the way they lost these last two games. Um you know, Jesse, you know, they're fourth place in the division right now. I mean, every, you, you, the problem with the Avs staying, you know, 500 in the last 10 games and that is their record 5-5 and 0 in the last 10 is their their competitors have gotten hot again in this in the Central Division. Dallas, 9-0-1 in the last 10. Seven in a row victories. Uh, all of a sudden, they're, uh, what, four points up on the Avs? Yeah, four points up on the Avalanche. Uh, Winnipeg suddenly passed them in points. They've 7-2-1 and one in the last 10. Uh, St. Louis always seems to be playing well. They're, they're only 5-2-3 and three in the last 10, but, you know, points are points. They get... They're doing that without Tarasenko. Um, you can feel good about the way they're playing in the, without some top guys. The question is, you know, now there's pressure on them to go to to really start winning again, though. They they can't just kind of be satisfied with a win here and there, even even if they're going to miss a Landeskog for another month, let's say, or. No, absolutely. And, and and that I totally, you know, I, I agree. You look around and, you know, Dallas got off to the terrible start and they've come storming back. Winnipeg, it was a little shaky there for a minute. They're on a good stretch. But again, you know, you, you look at Dallas, right? And take away Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan and or, you know, Jamie Benn and Alexander Radulov, and, and it's just Tyler Sagan. Do you think they're doing that? Absolutely mm, no. not. You, you look at the Winnipeg Jets. You take away Shifley. You take away Wheeler. Are they still doing that? Absolutely not. That's the situation the Abs have been in for the last four weeks. They've been without their Jamie Benn and their Alex Radulov. 
these, you know, th- th- those teams, you give credit to them. You know, they're, they're, they're having some, some, uh, some good health luck. Now, again, you bring up a good point. The blues are without Tarasenko credit to them. Um, they're, they're getting a great performance out of Bennington this year. Something that is surprising me a little, but I, right now, you know, we're, we're, I, I know you want to be banking points and, and, you know, AJ, he and I were talking back and forth on Twitter a few weeks ago and he was saying, yeah, but this is the time of year where you want to be banking points. So you're not having to later. And I fully agree. You want to be stocking up on as many points in October, November, December that you can, but when you are facing the reality that the Avs just had to face for literally the last month plus where you're without, you know, a lot of that top end talent and you're having to rely on the depth to, to, again, like I said, just keep your head above water. We're saying, you know, the, the Dallas stars have had a great last 10 games. You throw Miko Ranton, Gabe Landeskog back into this mix. You're telling me there's not a chance the abs aren't going to rattle off nine out of 10, you know, nine wins out of 10. I'm just, I, for me, I agree with you. You like to see them beat that Minnesota team. That's a, that's a team that I think maybe they should have beat regardless of who's in their lineup. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, Toronto, how do you explain that Toronto first period yeah. though? I mean, let's, let's, let's get, let's ask you real quick. Yeah. I criticized Jared Bednar's lines in that period. Could you believe it when Burakovsky was not on mm-hmm. that line all to start the game and he goes with Kadri basically you know, it didn't look too good after that with the second line at all. It was in, looked like it was in chaos. Uh, were you were you upset about it? Here, here were here were my thoughts on on that first period. It, it was it was classic classic mm. abs, right? You're you're overplaying a, a yeah. TJ Tynan. You know, this is this is some you know very very borderline NHL or nothing. Not taking anything away from TJ Tynan, but that's a really good. Uh, you know, Toronto team, you're out there, you know, for that Austin Matthews goal, you've got your, you know, TJ Tynan matched up with Austin Matthews. You're at home. How are you getting, how are you not right. getting how is those Kadri matchups right? Checking Matthews there in that second, first period, like he should have been. Right. And, and, and so, so that was my first issue. And then, like I said, it's just classic abs. Nick Shore, mm-hmm. uh, dude scores three goals a year and he gets all of them against the abs. Doesn't matter where he's playing, whether it's LA, Dallas, Toronto, he's going to score against the abs. And then the curse of the ex ab Tyson Berry. Uh, you know, I, I, I said it on Twitter. I said the curse of the ex ab doesn't nope. care what kind of season you're having. Tyson Berry went, what, 15 games yep. without a point? He comes into Denver goal assist coming off of like, an assist the night before. No, he had a goal the night before, before in Arizona, right? Right. Goal the night before. before right. But yeah, that's right. Second goal. So it's it's you know it's <laughs> that that first period went exactly <laughs> as I thought it was going to. I just can't believe the curse uh, of the XAV thing. It really is a thing. It, it's it's amazing. It's, it's easy money. If if you could bet on it, it's the safest the bet all-time, in all of sports. The if all-time X Avs amazing goal has to be Jeff Finger. Remember when he scored against the Avs? Oh, Jeff Finger. Cody, Cody McLeod, McLeod, first period. I know. Uh, game game winner. That's first right. game back against the Avs. Cody McLeod. I don't think he scored think so. in like forty games. First game back. In Dan Hino scored so, two goals his first know, game against the Avs. Dan Hino. Dan Hino. I don't think he ever had two goals in a game. 
<laughs> yeah, career high. So, so you know, it's, it's, it's one of those Remember things. Remember, Wolski scored at the end to tie that game for Arizona, his first game? Of course. It's, it's, it's <laughs> every time. It's, and so, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I make the joke, say it went exactly <laughs> as I thought. But seriously, you look at that lineup, you say, well, there's Nick Shore. There's, you, there's good for one. Tyson Berry is good for one. The fact that Alexander Kerfoot didn't get one. Uh, was surprising, not as surprising as him not yes. getting a five-minute major. Um, but you know, so so I thought there was a little bit of a misuse of personnel yeah. there in that first period uh, for yeah. Jared Bednar and the Abs. But but a lot of that for me, I, I sit back and not trying to make an excuse. But you've got Toronto mm-hmm. getting the new yeah. coach bump. They finally came off a win, breaking a six-game you know uh, losing streak. They're feeling good. Tyson Berry's all revved up. Nice reception for him back in Pepsi Center. Uh, valiant pushback from the Avs, but I that to me was a uh, a loss Jesse, on the calendar. Real quick, do you think it's this is going to sound old school here too? Uh, I was talking to some old old get off my lawn a couple friends from uh, hockey uh, <laughs> the other night in the press box. Yeah, in the Toronto game, and some of us old guys. I don't think I quite go that far, but some of the old guys think it's uh, it's getting out of hand. These video tributes to ex-players, it's too kumbaya, it's too nice. This is hockey. No friends on the ice. You sh- you just go out and hit that guy your first shift. You don't give him a video tribute. Uh, has hockey gotten too nice in that sense? And it's too you know, they sh- you, you, I you know, some of the old guys are saying, ah, this is going too far. What's next? A video tribute for the ex trainer? You know, what do you say on that? I think a great player who played like ten years for a team gets a video tribute. Um, I'm not so sure about the Alex Kerfoot tribute. That, that's maybe where I sort of draw the line a little bit. But what do you say? You're younger. You're you like to for get me, along with people. You're not getting off my lawn yet. So, so here's what's funny. You know, I'm, I'm at Pepsi center uh, on Saturday and, um, you know, they do the tribute to Tyson Berry and I heard someone behind me saying, why are they giving him a tribute? And what, what's so funny about that is as he asked that question, you look up on the board and it shows every category that Tyson Berry is the franchise leading, you know, leader Mm -hmm. in. And it's like, that's why he's all over your record Uh books. Right. Uh, he played here for for yeah, I think eight, uh, like eight years. I think it was so eleven Nine he came years. in. Yeah, and, and, and so, you know, he's here for a long time. He's at the top of all your record books for defensemen. Like you said, he's here for a long time. Yeah. Did a lot for the community, a lot for the team. Was here through a lot of bad seasons as well as the last few good ones. You, you pay your respects to him. It was funny because <laughs> I was sitting there thinking. I said, I wonder what Alex Kerfoot is thinking because. Yeah. He was traded too. Yeah, he got, um, he got a mini tribute. And, and yeah, and so I, I thought, you know, it was one of those things where, given the circumstance, yeah. you kind of had to do one. Yeah. Um, just because you know Alexander Kerfoot came in when when they were turning the team around, and you just did one for the other player that was involved in the trade. So I was happy they acknowledged it. What I'm sitting there thinking this whole time is, yeah. man, I wonder what Matt Duchesne thinks yeah, of all yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. His tribute <laughs> right? his tribute wasn't as much, was it? He No, that was just you know, Alan Roach read off a couple stats about him. 
Uh, and that was it. And obviously there was a little bit more controversy with him leaving. But, I mean, that's another guy kind of like Tyson Berry. Whether you like him or not, he's all over the Avs yeah, record books in some way or another. He's such a good guy I definitely believe that he deserved that. And I, I would have been sad to not see it. But I'm telling you, there's a faction of the old guys that uh, get a little tired of this thing. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so, so to answer your question, I thought the the Kerfoot one, I thought maybe Kerfoot deserved something like what they gave Duchesne. Say his name, acknowledge that he's back. Don't know if we necessarily need the video tribute. Um, yeah. But, I, I, you know, I was happy they they, they did one for, for Barry. Yeah. But, again, yeah, we'll, right. we'll circle well, back uh, to that here a little bit later. Um, our, so let's talk a little bit about uh, just more about, you know, the ads and where they stand. I mean um, – Again, though, the, mm-hmm. you know, the, it's great they're going to get some guys trickling back. The thing is, they're going to ha- they will need to go on some kind of uh, winning streak to get back into the to the upper echelon because mm-hmm. Jesse, they're only two points out of the playoffs right now. Uh, they've got the f- first wild card spot, yeah. and again, we're only twenty four games into the season. Um, this is way too early to start panicking about the standings, but not too 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 early. No, you got to start looking at it. You've always <laughs> yeah. got to keep it, you know, in the back of your mind. Um, and, and you're totally right. You know, they 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 did themselves a ton of favors by yep, getting out to a them. hot, hot start. It, injuries took their toll. They they fell back into the pack a little bit. And you're totally right. You know, once you get healthy and that excuse is gone, yeah. you're going to have to string some wins together. And, and Jesse, here's um, to, the record since the since the real injury, the 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 Rantanen injury uh, came when they were going into St. Louis, uh, and uh, I believe the record at that time was seven zero and one after that win in Tampa Bay. Uh, so the record since would be six uh, eight and one without Rantanen, et cetera, et cetera, since that win. Six eight and one is the record in the last fifteen games. Um, that's why, you know, it's been a lot of chatter about how I, you know, again, good job by the Avs staying competitive, winning some games, especially on that road trip. That's where I give the Avs credit is that five game road trip. That's where the wheels could have come off and they mm-hmm. lost all five. Um, but the record is still six, eight, yeah. and one. Um, they've got to get going here no matter what, no matter who's in the lineup, they're going to have to win some games here, starting with Wednesday's game against Edmonton, who, by the way, are like 16, seven and three. And you know, Connor McDavid's going to get at least two points. Cause that's Connor McDavid always scores against the Avs. Mm-hmm. And he got six points his last game against yep. the Avs in Edmonton. How, how much, how much does watching that team it just drives me nuts, AD. It, it just kills me that that front office was allowed to be as terrible. They, they've mismanaged that team so horribly, and they just stayed bad enough long enough that they they won the greatest player that's ever played. And... and and they've still done nothing to build up a team around him. That team is still, you know, Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl will leave the ice, and, and you're sitting there listening to this cast of players. You know like, what the Who? difference is, though? It's Who? it's the coach, Who? It's Dave Tippett. I mean, the guy is a great coach. He's he's never won a cup. 
He's never been to the finals yeah. as a coach, but he's a damn good coach. He wins, man. He gets he's got them playing, you know, pretty decent defense. Uh not the greatest defense in the league still. I'm looking at their numbers here. 85 goals, 473 against. But he's Tippett's the reason. If they if they manage to hold if they manage to hold on long enough, yep. they'll be yep. this year's Calgary. That that is just that is a wafer, wafer thin team. You know, people talked about the Avs not having a lot of depth last year. Again, you know, I make make a little bit of a joke. That's a three player team right there. That's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That's uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah. Past that, you got I think, nothing. I think Darnell Leon Nurse is a decent Smith defender. Uh, you know, and then I guess Larson yeah. may come back. He's okay. I mean, they gave up Taylor all for him. Uh, but yeah, no, they have they have no depth. I mean. Yeah. They will fall apart if they get any kind of injuries. But nah, the thing is, like I said, Tippett. Tippett's a damn good coach. That was their. That was what they did right. Uh, I forget mm-hmm. who hired him. Uh, Keith Keith Gretzky is their GM now, right? No, no, I'm sorry. Ken Holland is their GM. Keith Gretzky's like the number two guy, something like that, right? Yeah. Right. That's right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, they were <laughs> thinking I, that it was going to go to. We, we won't edit yeah. that out. We'll let that slip. I knew Ken, Kenny Holland is, you know, they've got, <laughs> the difference is they've got Ken Holland and Dave Tippett running things now instead of Peter Shirelli and, uh, you know, that crew. So It's it's amazing when Peter Shirelli <laughs> got fired, how there were a lot of people. There was teams chattering <laughs> about picking him up. It's like, has he no one looked cup, at though, what done? He did win and, that. So, you know. You know, he did win a cup. He went back to the finals too, two years yeah. later. Uh, he he made a really couple bad trades though in Edmonton. <laughs> that's what. That's what. <laughs> he, he traded Taylor Hall and Tyler Sagan. He traded one and two that for was, Louis Erickson and Adam Larson. Couple deals. Holy um, speaking of Adam Larson, Jesse, we we can pop yeah. around on subjects. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Let's say you've got a, you know, you're, you're the Avalanche. You're, you're still kind of, you know, you're going to make the playoffs, but you don't know exactly where you're going to be seated yet. You've got a bright future with all your prospects and young kids. But if you are presented with the opportunity, to say, all right, Tyson Jost, first round pick, Nikita Zadorov, package those three, and get a Taylor Hall in here, maybe only as a rental. It could only be as a rental for one one spring. Do you do it? Yes or no? Um, I would like a little bit more reassurance that it's yeah. not just a rental. Um, and I would have pretty. I, I feel like if you're Joe Sackick, you'd feel pretty good that you could, uh, you know, convince Taylor Hall to stay here. Um, if you feel pretty good about that, I, I'm I torn on most of it, but I don't really want him as a rental. I don't think, I think you've got to make, you think you've got to get him signed as to an extension. Um, if they did acquire him, they'd be able to give him an eight year extension. If, uh, if that was the case as a UFA, not just seven, like other teams would, but do you really want Taylor Hall for eight years too? Um, a lot of injury history. Do you want to tie up your payroll with a $10 million a year? player when you've got McKinnon coming up in three years, Landis God coming up in two. 
Uh, Kale McCarr coming up in, let's see, two more years. His his first year ELC has already been burned. So, I mean, I think it depends on what you're sending yeah. out. Uh, you know, if you're sending out a ghost and a Zadorov, uh, you know, there's there's a few million yeah. that'll be, you know, that, that you won't have to deal mm-hmm. with. You're getting some money back. Um, you know, for me, you are, and and again, I know there's controversy, if you will, around the proverbial window. Um, but you know, if you're the Avs, this is really their first year of truly being Stanley Cup contender. You know, legitimate. Uh, playoff and Stanley Cup contenders. If you can add Taylor Hall, and that means that for the next five years, you've got Nathan McKinnon, Taylor Hall, Miko Rantanen, Gabe Landeskog, and Nazem Kadri, you know, in, in their prime in your top six, um, you do it because you've got Connor Timmons coming, because you've got Bowen Byram coming, uh, you know, in this scenario that we laid out. Um, you know, you've got both those guys coming that are going to take the place of Nikita yep. Zadorov um, and Eric Johnson down the road. To me, that is such a significant upgrade at wing. It just adds to your depth because, you know, y- y- you picture it. Okay, you stop uh, Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen. Now here's Gabe Landeskog and Taylor Hall rolling over the board. Yeah. It's like, holy smoke, how do you stop a top six like that? Um I, I have a feeling that, that Joe Sackick may, may for the first time this year, go out and make a little bit of a splash. And I think if you have the chance to, that's the perfect place. He was to do doing it. some scouting on the road last week. Um, I don't know whether he saw the Devils or not, but I know he was on the road doing some scouting. So, uh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're taking a look around, I'm sure. You know, they got their pro scouts out there. You know, who's doing a little pro scouting for the Az right now uh, is Curtis Lecision, the uh, the great the great Av. Uh, people probably don't remember him, the younger fans here, but he was on that 96 Cup team, big mainstay of the team in Quebec before that. he's uh, He was spotted in Ottawa the other day. Uh, I believe it was the, the Ottawa, uh, whoever their last opponent was, but. Yeah, so they've got guys out there looking around. I, I don't want, I don't want to give up a bunch of young guys though for a rental player. Uh, I, I just don't want to do that. I, and, and and also Jesse, let me ask you this. I mean, you know, I don't always necessarily like believe what I'm saying here, but I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Like, hey, let's pretend I'm like a real cynic on this. What's Taylor Hall ever won? Does he make his team better? You know the heart trophy. Yeah, a heart trophy, right? <laughs> on a, uh, that's true. On a, <laughs> on a, absolutely. I thought McKinnon got screwed on that, but yeah, um, yeah. And I say that lighthearted because it should have been. It should have been Mac. I mean, Paul was definitely there was some East Coast bias there. I don't care what anybody says. There's more. There's more Eastern Conference voters in the PHWA than there are Western. There's, yeah. just more, there's just more media there who get credentials. So well, and, and, I don't care and, what anybody know, says. It's a factor. I was listening to the, the, the 31 Thoughts podcast. Great podcast. Yep. Uh, 
you know, great, great hockey podcast. podcast. Yep. And Jeff Merrick made the comment totally innocently. He said, you know, have you been watching? I don't remember what player it was. It was one. Of, it was a player for one of the California teams. He said, mm-hmm. have you been watching so-and-so? It's so hard for us to catch those games here on the East Coast because mm-hmm. they start so late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. East Coast bias doesn't, doesn't even necessarily have to be malicious. No. It's just, like you said, there's such a large number of writers out there Yep. And they stop watching yep. when the mountain time zone games start. So they miss the mountain time Absolutely. zone and the, the Pacific time zone. Absolutely. The, the East Coast bias thing, a lot of people, you say that and they think that you're saying, like, oh, everyone on the East Coast is a bunch of assholes. It's like, no, you the, people on the East Coast just don't care to watch the West Coast games. That's right. I grew up on the East Coast. And then, well, first of all, I didn't have TV to be able to watch hockey back then. But I damn well couldn't <laughs> stay up till. I remember games used to start at 11 o'clock. I would always see the, uh, the, the, the whatever at LA game was or at Vancouver, it would say 11, you know, and that was like 11, 11 o'clock <laughs> starting time. Sorry, yeah. I got to go to bed. I got to school. I got to mm-hmm. work. Um, yeah. It's just a fact. It, it is a factor. And, and, you know, take nothing away from Taylor Hall himself. He's, he's, he won it. Uh, but McKinnon was, I, I think the better choice that year and, and should have won it. And he only lost out by like 70 points. Yeah, um, really close. I gave, I gave him the first place vote. At, at first, I at first I couldn't remember who I voted for, and I sort of nervously looked it up the other day thinking, uh-oh, did I vote for Hall? <laughs> no, of course not. I voted for Mac. Uh, but all right, so yeah, no, I just don't – so Hall has won a hard trophy – uh, but he hasn't made his Devils team much better, has he? Uh, he never helped the Oilers win anything. So the question is, but it's kind of a silly argument, right? You put a great player on a bunch of other great players. He's he can only really help you, right? Well, right. He's never he, really played on a very good team he, to begin with. So. He's you know he is the they are asking him to be Nathan McKinnon in New Jersey, and while Taylor Hall is very 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 good, I just don't know if he is. But you put him on a line with Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, yeah. First of all, who's going to catch yeah. him? How do you stop him? Only one puck, though. Only one puck out there. Yeah, but that, so. I, I mean, that doesn't worry yeah. me. I think that'd be a great combo. I mean, yeah, I do too. I mean, put Miko on the mm-hmm. other side. Yeah, you can't stop him. <laughs> um, but it, it's hard to say what he wants to do. Uh, I don't know what Hall wants long term. I think he's. His agent is Darren Ferris, who's got a reputation for always wanting to go to market and let the highest bidder win. So, well, hey, I mean, if, uh, to if me, you I, can wait it out and get him without giving up any assets, then I'm not necessarily opposed to that either. Oh, that's that's definitely what I would prefer. Sign him as a UFA. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be the best case scenario to me. Uh, Taylor Hall this year, by the way, 22 games, only four goals, 16 assists, though, 20 points. Um, they had a goal. That goal's number is a little low there. Uh, but he did. He is coming off a uh, one goal, one assist game. His last game. He's actually got two goals in the last two games. He uh, he's definitely gonna get dealt by someone. Uh, he's gonna get dealt by the Devils. I just, I believe. I just can't see him staying there uh, with the way that that team is trending, even with no. all the moves they made. No. There's no way he wants to stay there long term. No, no chance. I don't. Th- I've heard he's he's never. I don't know. You hear gossip. I heard he's just never really loved living in uh, in yeah. New York area. For he's a Western Canadian boy. Um. So, but yeah, boy, he'll get a massive deal. 
I think the Avs. I don't know if the Avs are going to have the, the the really the payroll left to do that though over the summer to dish out 11, 10, 11 million de- deal contract. That the window they could do that was this past summer. They offered it to to Artemi Panarin, twelve point five million. They offered him for four years. Uh, four years, fifty million dollars. That was the offer. Uh, wait a minute. Yeah, that's that adds up to fifty. Yes, twelve times four plus. Yes, okay, <laughs> fifty. A uh, million dollars for four years is what they offered the bread man. Uh, and he turned it down, went to the Rangers. I don't know if they have the cap space now, Jesse. They've got too many other guys. I mean, Makar is going to kill you, them. Uh, you make <laughs> it. Yeah, rightfully so. Rightfully but, so. But, you know, if, if you're going after a player like Taylor Hall and you truly believe he can make your team that much better, you get it done. You sign him. You find some other areas where you can move guys around. You've got enough You've yeah. got enough young All talent right, coming fair. through. If if there's legitimate interest that's between fair. Taylor Hall and the Abs, mutual interest, then I, I, I would think they'd right. certainly consider him. I mean, look who he, look who he right. knows exactly. he'd play with. You know, you want to win some well, games, say, kid. Come on, and here's Denver. what's nice about the position the Abs are in now: you, you're getting into that Peyton Manning territory, right? Where where you know, right after the Denver Broncos signed Peyton Manning. They were just sending him out to recruit, saying, hey, don't you want to come play with me? You're, you're getting to that point with Nathan McKinnon where it's, hey, don't you want to come play with me and we're going to have a shot at winning this? You know, McKinnon is becoming your greatest recruiting yeah. tool. Uh, the other rumor I've heard going around whispered about is, though, is uh, Johnny Gaudreau goes to Jersey for Taylor Hall. Two hometown mm-hmm. boys go back to their home cities and a change is needed for both. And then and then Hall signs a long term deal with the Flames. Uh, right. Kind of right. hope that does not happen for the F sake. But uh, Gaudreau definitely wants out of Calgary. Mm-hmm. He's from New Jersey. Uh, he'd love to. He'd love to play in in for the Devils. And uh, Taylor Hall is from Calgary, Alberta. So that uh, keep an eye on that Gaudreau for Hall. Uh, the problem for. For Calgary is you got to make sure you can re-sign him too, but also, you know, um, well, no real problems for New Jersey if they did that. They they get a good player in Gaudreau. Um, he's, I uh, did not know that he was from New Jersey. Uh, yeah, New Jersey, New Jersey boy. Yep, he's a uh, born real New Jersey guy too. Like grew up in New Jersey, all about New Jersey. Probably got a, you know. Pictures of Bruce Springsteen and his uh, locker stall and all that. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Jesse, let's 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 do a few more minutes here and wrap up this, uh, this podcast. I've taken a been boy, time flies when you're having fun. 40, 42 minutes we're at already. Uh, all right, touchy subject here, but I let's talk about it. Bill, Did they Bill fire? Peters fired today by uh, Calgary for some. Uh, well, I, I guess I'm reading the report saying he is. I, I guess there's some official – like, I don't know if it is official uh, or not. See, I'm reading a bunch of reports saying it's happened. Everything I was that but, they made the statement – yeah, they didn't they didn't fire him, but that they're, they're investigating it. Oops, okay. So, all right. So, uh, oh, all right. I'm, I'm reading the latest. I, I read a story on Sportsnet saying that he had been relieved of his duties, but now I'm reading a story on TSN that says has bad tree living. The, the GM is saying he has not been relieved of his duties. The investigation is ongoing. Oh, okay. Well, let's, I apologize to Bill Peters if he's not fired, but I, I read like three stories that said he, he was, 
Um, whoa, boy, I hope uh, Sportsnet is not uh, – I, I bet uh, if he's not fired, Sportsnet's right. going to have a lot of a lot of explaining to do because uh, they, they did report that he was fired. Um, okay, well – that's a that's just a really touchy subject. You, you can't use you can't use the N word anytime at all. Right. Yeah. Um, never. You know. Uh, in today's world, too, though, well, even if you said it ten it, years ago, it's I mean, one of it's, those uh, things where you know there, there, there's been a lot of instances, not obviously in hockey, but just you know in different parts of of you know media and entertainment and sports. Where, where people have said stuff, someone digs up old tweets and it's, well, you know, that's out of context or, well, you know, this is not one of those situations where, yeah. where there's, well, you know, at that time yeah. it was this, or at this time it was that, or, you know, we didn't really understand. Again, th- this is like you said, that is something that um, if he said it, that's an automatic, you're out, you're done. There, there's no, uh, in my opinion, you know, th- th- there is no explanation that he could give. My, mine where too. It's, mine where too. it's, you know, no, you weren't saying it any certain way. If it happened, you're guilty and you're done, you're out. Uh, again, I, I think there are a yeah. lot of instances in today's society where people are, are, you know, kind of put on the burner under the microscope for stuff that's really kind of, um, you know, ticky tack or that's not what he said that's clearly not how he or she meant it or you know whatever the situation is again this yeah. is so not that for me if he did it get him out you don't want people no. like that in your sport anyway no i 100 percent agree um i definitely think it's uh you know context matters at times people say things as younger people that you don't always mm-hmm. mean and it's uh, you know you know, but but the N word, um, especially toward a black right. player, if that's what had happened uh, in the locker room, putting him on the spot like that and embarrassing him, and 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 uh, the the player, um, uh, the players, Aliu, I think that's mm-hmm. how you pronounce it, uh, Akeem Aliu, said that it really affected mm-hmm. his career too and hurt him as his development. That's so that makes it you know. The right. triple times worse um um it's uh you know it's it, if that's what it, that's what he said yeah it's, it's got to go um just just can't have that you know it's just uh just just wrong right. you know it, it's just and, wrong. and like you said um, it's, especially when it's towards a player towards an individual uh in particular that that yeah. just makes it that yeah. much no. worse um now yeah now, here is no. the other thing that I do want to say on this, not necessarily on the flip side, but I saw a couple of people on Twitter saying, yes, here we go. Now let's let's start this movement of getting, you know, of, of nailing all these people. Uh-huh. What, what, what this mm-hmm. shouldn't turn into is let's now find anyone who has ever said something mm-hmm. that we didn't like and get them fired. Right. This is a situation right. where, again, if it's true, uh, you know, a uh, 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 Someone said something really nasty, believes really nasty things, and, and shouldn't be in the sport. That is not an open invitation to go find anything anyone has ever said that that you don't agree with and start, you know, calling for people's heads. One, because that's not the way the world works, and two, that that takes away from the severity of what you know Bill Peters 
allegedly did. This is a this is a very serious accusation, and and you know, going and firing a junior coach because he called some kid an asshole, you know, right. makes those equivalent, and they're not, right? Right. So, no, exactly. No, exactly. And the, that will not stop people from digging through every mm-hmm. little thing and maybe making some wild accusations about people. But, uh, you know, it, uh, that will, you know, that will be, I don't know, man, it's, you gotta just, uh, you know, it's, um, uh, just, but about the Peterson, I mean, just now that's just a line you don't cross. Uh, yeah, a player calls a guy a softy or any other pejorative name like that pertaining to being soft or whatever. Um, that that's that's not let's not go there and fire a guy you know for being a tough coach right, or something. Right. Uh, you know, saying, saying some stuff that might offend anybody. Um, it, we've we've had you know we've seen. When I was on the road, though, Don Cherry was fired yeah. for uh, for calling uh, what he did mm-hmm. too. What are, what were your thoughts there on on, on Don Cherry? Um, you, you know, it's it's one of those things. One of the first things I did was I, I texted a buddy of mine who uh, lives in Toronto. He, he grew up in Toronto, was out here for high school. That was how I got to know him. Um, but you know, so he grew up watching Hockey Night in Canada and all that stuff. So I texted yeah. him. And I said, yeah. "What did you think?" And and he, I don't remember exactly what he told me, but he essentially said it's been a long time coming. You know, I know there were a lot mm-hmm. of people that didn't think what Don Cherry got fired for was all that bad. Mm-hmm. And my response mm-hmm. to that would be, okay, maybe you didn't think that specific one was bad. But, you know, that weekend I saw a montage of, of Don Cherry mm-hmm. saying some controversial stuff. Oh, oh, I thought stuff he said in the past was as bad or worse. Right. I mean, and- he out and out said on the air one time, I was looking, I only saw this because I was watching the documentary called uh, the Russian Five, right about the mm-hmm. old Detroit Red Wings Russian Five players. Great documentary. I advise all Avs fans even to watch it, even though there are some <laughs> tough moments to watch on that <laughs> March 26, nineteen ninety seven night in the dock. Uh, but he, there's a segment where they go back to an old Don Cherry clip on Hockey Night, and he's like saying, "Get these Russians out of here. We don't need any stinking Russians. I don't want to see any Russians in this league." And it's like. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. If he said that today, I'm like, he said a lot of stuff like that in the past. Well, and-, and I, you know, to be honest, when Jerry was fired, I was like, people have, a couple of people have asked me about it, what I thought. I'm like, first of all, I haven't cared what Don Cherry said in the last 25, 30 years, right. anything he said. I, I'm like, I never thought his coach's corner was all that great to watch because he just sits and mumbles and just this incoherent rant or stream of consciousness thing he always had that, you know, I just like, I just didn't like it. I didn't like his, his takes basically. And I'm like, I just never listened to what anything he said after a while. Um, so I, I don't have anything personal against Don Cherry. I don't, I think whatever sells sells and that's great. And he was definitely a popular guy. And I understand that he's did a lot. For, he's done a lot for people. I, I believe he's done a lot for the military in Canada and he's done a lot for, for other causes, you know, he's a, most people say he's a, you know, a, a kind hearted guy down deep, but yeah, he's got that, uh, anti-immigrant thing big time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's just not, it's just not cool anymore. You know, it's, uh, never was cool, but you know, the fact is the Russians have really added to this league and the game of hockey and, and so of the Swedes and so of the Finns and so of 
of everybody. Right. So, well, I mean, it's not just Canada anymore, Don. It's it's a big world out there. And that was, I think, my thing was, regardless of how I felt about what he said, whatever it was, two weeks ago, in my opinion, yeah. that, that was a guy that if you look at his, uh, you know, his track record and things he said in the past uh, and, and stuff like that. This is another guy that I get it. He's part of the fabric and all that stuff growing up, but in a, in a, a especially a media landscape that has changed so drastically and the viewership has changed and the game has grown so much. I'm yeah. not taking anything away from, from, you know, what, people grew up watching him and all that stuff. I get it. But that's yeah. someone that, that you probably could have made the argument for that they should have moved on from him a long time ago based on yeah. some of the stuff he said. And yeah, it maybe. just got to the point where that ended up being the one. Um, yeah. He's 85 years old. I mean, it's, 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 to me, it's like, okay, Don, just take a rest. You know, I know you love to do what you do probably. And, but I don't know. It always seemed forced the last few bunch of years. Anyway, it's like, Mm-hmm. Right, what's he going to talk about? I mean, does he really follow the league really that hard? I don't know. You never got the sense that he's really sitting there watching every game, you know, <laughs> pouring over plays. Couldn't get the pronunciation of the half a guy's name right ever. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm sounding like I'm just ripping the shreds on Don Cherry. I'm not. I just think that, you know, time has run its course. Mm-hmm. It's probably a good thing for both parties in a sense. He'll come back. He'll do something. He's doing he's a podcast. Talking. Yeah. Right. He's doing a podcast and he'll be, you know, he'll be fine made a lot of money believe yeah. me uh you know so um he uh well and it, jesse i was gonna say we haven't we didn't get to kale McCarr that much but let's tell john real kale by the way i made the mayonnaise chicken recipe last night did you really um, i did i followed kale's own instructions um i don't think I don't think it was that good. Wasn't wasn't for didn't, you. Didn't love it. I made it for me and my kid, and uh, he didn't. He didn't. He only took a few bites and said, "I don't like this. I'm not eating it." And for him, um, I think either maybe I overcooked it a little bit. It's kind of crispy. It just didn't have that jumpy, that that tangy flavor that I was expecting. So, uh, well, just- people out there, go ahead and try it if you want. Kale McCarr loves it. And uh, we all what, what Kale says is defined by us right now. Right? Well, I was going to say, you just got to show a little data there. Hey, if you eat this, you can do what this kid's doing. <laughs> um, God, I know. You know, AD, I, I. He's been great, though. I mean, unbelievable player, incredible player. We have a superstar for the next 10 to 15 years. Minimum, I, I'm, right? I'm here to eat some words a little bit, actually, because, <laughs> oh, you know, I, I, really? I made when there was all the. Um, you know, back and forth about should the Avs trade for Eric Carlson yeah. and the other. I made a comment that said, Kale McCarr is not going to jump straight into the lineup and be this huge producer right away. time. And holy shit, could that not be more incorrect? You were wrong there, Jesse, if that's what you said. I don't remember where you said that, but uh, I mean, yeah. well, it's good you're owning up to it. I mean, he is just – and what's crazy is, is he's getting better every game. I it, know. You know, you saw it there at the very beginning of the season. He, it There was a few games there. Yeah. Uh, and, and actually, AD – tentative. Yep. So, yeah. uh, you know, one of the things that – you know, we've heard about his work ethic, right? And we heard yeah. about that from his college coaches. I've never seen someone that works this hard. We saw the videos of him out there hours after practice still running sprints and things mm-hmm. like that. So, 
there were a couple games early in the season where I said, man, you can tell he's struggling to adjust to the speed a little bit. He was getting a lot of shots blocked out high. Mm-hmm, wasn't, mm-hmm. wasn't able to open up and create a lot of shooting lanes out high. Yep. I had that thought the next day at practice. A video came out of him after practice. Everyone was gone. He's on the ice with one coach with tires standing up, and he was working on moving laterally back and forth across the blue line, getting pucks through. That's right. I remember that. And, and I had to, you know, I started thinking back to what his college coach said, and I had the thought, I said, that's one of those great player things. Yep. He, he had two games where he had a, a handful of shots blocked, getting it through from the point, and he's out here putting in extra time working on that one thing. And he has been scoring lights out ever since. He's getting pucks through. He's finding lanes. He's creating space. And and that right there should be terrifying for the rest of the league. It took this kid, what, a week to figure out, hmm, okay, I'm not getting these pucks through. How can I change it? And he figured it out right away. And and he's lighting it up. You know, that was just such an impressive thing to me that he – as such a young player was able to identify that and said, I'm going to focus on this because yeah. it'll make me a better player. And, and I mean, he, he's just dominating. Nathan McKinnon said the other day, he's already one of the best players I've ever played with. <laughs> yes. Uh, I know. I, that's the most noticeable thing to me in his game was he, he's dances that blue line so much more effectively now. And he's ser- actively searching out those shooting lanes. Whereas before he was kind of, sort of robotically either dishing a puck off to McKinnon off to the side or, you know, just kind of firing the puck at will and, and wasn't, you know, it didn't have the shooting lanes. Mm-hmm. Now he's finding them out. Now he knows what to do, how to get pucks through. He, and he, and he, he knows what speed to put the puck through too. Mm-hmm. Like he, if he sees there's a, a, a big opening, I think he may, you know, really try to wire a slapper through. Um, or, you know, another thing he's doing is, He's deking down that first line of defense. Mm-hmm. Then he's getting he's getting past that top guy. Now it's you know now it's like a four on three or something where he's either got the puck and a much better shooting lane, and he can either keep dishing it off to a Mac on the side, or what he's been doing is seeing that lane now that he's got more of an opening and just roofing shots to the top corner. Well, and, uh, and that for me is, you can't teach that. Right. And that for me is what makes the idea of getting Miko Rantanen back yeah. that much more exciting because so you go back to that goal Kale McCarr scored against the Canucks. And oh. he he the the first one I guess I should say. Yeah, yeah. which and one? He, he's drifting down and you see the Canucks players kind of backing up. One of them is playing the pass to McKinnon uh, you know, the other one is kind of playing off off mm-hmm. to the other wall. And you're just allowing Kale McCarr to drift down, drift down, drift down. Well, here in a week, you're either going to have to cover the Miko Rantanen one-timer, the Nathan mm-hmm. McKinnon one-timer, or let Kale McCarr walk in. You don't have enough bodies for, for all of your, you know, for all of <laughs> your options there. Um, and and it, it's something I've been saying since before the season started, and you touched on it there, AD. Kale McCarr's ability – to walk the blue line, create space, create lanes, get players open. What you what you see a lot of defensemen do 
which is not a bad play, is you get the puck up high, you get it hard and low on net, shoot for rebounds. You watch Kale McCarr in that blue line. He's walking laterally. His head is up the whole way, looking for lanes, looking for passing lanes, looking Mm -hmm. for somewhere he can get a tip, where he can get a shot through. He just moves across the blue line in a way that, honestly, I've never seen another defenseman do quite as well um, and, and I think that's what's made him so effective, and, and that's why it seems like every time he's in the offensive zone, there's a threat to score because uh, he's getting pucks through and in dangerous places better than, than any defenseman I've, I've ever seen. You know, that includes Tyson Berry, who everyone knows I'm a huge fan of. Tyson Berry got what, what made him good from that spot was that he was – he just got good at getting pucks through. He has that heavy, heavier than you would think one timer from the blue line, mm-hmm. and he got pucks through low and on net. Kale McCarr is doing that, but on a whole other level of of rink awareness. It's it's amazing to watch AD. That's what I to touch on your further your point. I don't know if I've seen a player play like he does before. That's what I was. He's got such a unique way of moving. Uh, and his skating is is different. I don't know how you put a finger on it, but he just moves differently. He's got such a almost like a just a such a great economy of motion. He never wastes any motion out there. He's mm-hmm. just he's just so uh, efficient, you know. And uh, uh, the way he walks that blue line is really something to behold. Like he 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 has just. So such great awareness and, and and the way he moves, it's uh, everything's efficient. It's probably only going to get better. I mean, um, seen some great blue line walkers before. I think you know. I mean, uh, you know, Sergey Zirbov used to be a great one. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Ray Bork was a great one. Of course, now we're getting to the all time greats. Of course, who great power play QBs. I mean, I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, he used to be a great blue line walker and probably underrated for for his his time in the NHL really even though he was an all-star Brian Rafalski was a damn good one too he had a yeah. lot of power play points he was oh, a, yeah he was tough but so, uh, so here's, here's the last thing I'll say on McCart yeah. so I was having a little fun on Twitter the other day and there's there is one particular oh, that's, not allowed, Jesse. that's not allowed by the way no fun <laughs> no fun no fun there's this one Vancouver Canucks fan in particular who all season long at every possible opportunity (laughs) would chime in on, on abs, you know, abs, Twitter threads saying that Quinn Hughes is just as good as Kale McCarr and he's just as impressive. And Mm -hmm. so the other night when, when Kale McCarr single handedly dragged the abs back into the Minnesota game, I put out a tweet saying, man, I haven't, haven't heard from that Quinn Hughes fan in a while. And, and, of course, another Vancouver Canucks fan gets on there saying, oh, well, you know, anybody could be doing it playing on the power play with Nathan McKinnon. Wrong. So, one, what was funny about that was Quinn Hughes has 18 points this season, and I believe 14 of them have come uh, as assists on the power play. Kale McCarr has 25 points, 10 total points on the power play, nine assists, and one power play goal. So it's not even like he's just banking all these points on the power play. He's getting it done at five on five. and He's got seven goals. Yeah. I mean, he's doing a lot of this stuff. It's easy, you know, 
is he getting a little bit of a boost from playing with Nathan McKinnon? Of course. Oh yeah. But... Who does who does who does uh, Quinn have to play with? Oh, a guy named Elias Peterson. Not bad. Right. Right. Yeah. No. no. Of course. Hey, nothing but... against Quinn Hughes. Good player. Fine really? player. Got me very good. Really... Oh, no. Very good player. But but yeah. to me, what's so you know exciting about McCarr is it'd be easy to sit there and say, oh well, look, he's got McKinnon. Ow. But when you actually watch what this kid is doing. Right. How much of it he he is creating a hundred percent on right. his own, and you know here's the new question: How much is Nathan McKinnon oh, now benefiting from playing with Kale for McCarr? Sure. I mean, uh, first of all, Nathan McKinnon had nothing to do with those couple goals he scored the other night in Minnesota. I don't believe. Mm-hmm. Although maybe, maybe did he give one pass? To that? Anyway, the second goal I remember was all McCarr just deked the guy down. What a great goal! Nah, hey. Great players are going to make other players better. Film on 11. Uh, no big deal there. But uh, Kevin Kale McCarr is going <laughs> to score 50 points on by himself on any team he plays on in the NHL. I feel like that's for sure I could say that. Like, you know, any team, he'd get 50 points, I think. So he's uh, mm-hmm. he doesn't – yeah, that's just a silly argument. Uh, Jesse, we've we've hit the one-hour mark. I guess, uh, you know, we we got, a, we got more shovel – more – more shoveling to do out there, probably. Uh, right. And uh, but yeah, I guess we'll wrap up the podcast now. Uh, this is a good one. I uh, want to remind our listeners that you can subscribe to Colorado Hockey Now. Get your get your uh, get your yearly pass in. We're going to ramp up the coverage, and you know, as the season goes along, more and more. I think you know, every day I've got two or three stories up there to read. Uh, keep an eye on a possible Black Friday sale for this rest of the week. Uh, just throwing out a little hint there, so. You want to uh, want to save a few bucks? Get ready to pony up for a Black Friday deal, maybe. Um, and uh, wow, Jesse, I think uh, I think we touched a lot a lot of bases here. The uh, the Avs, you know, we get Miko back this weekend. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we have our next podcast. We're going to be talking about how they're safely, safely in the playoff uh, pack again, way up on the leaders and. Uh, we don't have to stress it out about it so much, uh, but the fact is they are only two points out of the out of the playoffs right now. Uh, it's a tough league, right? It's uh, it's going to be fun though. We're uh, one thing for sure is we're going to watch some good hockey. Uh, well, if you get Directv, that is. No, I'm just kidding. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, huh, we'll, we'll we'll skip that topic for another time. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a good yeah. podcast, Jess. As I stumble my my way through the end, uh, any parting thoughts? No, I don't. Uh, I don't think so, Ad. I'm. I'm uh, looking forward uh, as the season kind of continues to ramp up. I know there's some stuff that uh, I'm working on. You're working on. We're working on together. And and I, as I continue this, yeah. uh, podcast tour of Denver. Yeah, I know it. You're a you're a heavily sought after guest for sure. Um, you're the you're the producer of this podcast, though. So you're more than a guest. Even when uh, when you're not on, you're the one behind the scenes putting it all together and doing a damn fine job, I must say. Uh, thank you, so, thank uh, you. Even, even when I'm not here, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. right? So, uh, all right, folks, thanks for listening. Keep, uh, give us a re- rating and a review on iTunes if you want. Uh, I had some hater the other day, uh, probably some Mile High Hockey uh, bitter blogger over there <laughs> gave me some hater review on the, on the podcast. But, hey, we all know that you, uh, you're good people out there otherwise. So give us a rating and a review on this podcast and uh, keep the numbers going up. And we thank you for listening. And uh, I guess that'll do it for another edition of Can't Hear What Jeremy Says. Jesse, let's take us on out on our favorite song again. Sounds good. Thanks, AD. All right, man. Take care, buddy.
wasn't perfect But he always did his best to try to get under the surface Not a saint, not a serpent He just wanted everyone to be impressed with him as a person So when she came along with the sunbeam Self-esteem stopped making nothing out of some things Leaving the scene was unseen I mean, it was the first time he ever felt the need to keep the gun clean Through the math, he knew he had to choose a path Gotta get that girl, gotta make her laugh Gotta shake the past and move forwards Gotta make this last, it feels gorgeous But she had a lover in the Midwest Never figured out how to get him off a thick chest Just like that, everything is gone He didn't wanna, but he had to learn the words So he could sing along sing. Everything is all I have to give you And I'm afraid it ain't enough And you're not so young that you believe me Just because I say it's love Even if they come to steal you tomorrow I know my smile was yours Go ahead and chase your dreams and your freedom Run, run, wild, wild horses You can't tame these horses You can't tame these horses No, you can't tame these horses You can't tame these horses Sometimes it can be so nice, right? Sometimes she feel herself turn into the wife type. And when it's dark, sometimes he's the nightlight. But most of the time, she doesn't even feel lifelike. She got a man, but he thinks he's a star. And it feels like she has to compete with the bar. She keeps up her guard, but it seems so hard. Mama never told her she would see those scars. Every night he's out doing who knows whom. Why she cries along like a new show tune. Last call passed. Is he coming home sooner? Is he gonna run away with the dish in the spoon? She'll realize she don't want that clown Leave those shoes at the lost and found He won't catch on until she's not around After somebody else already locked that down We sing Everything is all I have to give you And I'm afraid it ain't enough And you're not so young that you believe me Just because I say it's love And even if they come to steal you tomorrow I know my smile was yours Go ahead and chase your dreams and your freedom Run, run, wild, wild horses You can't tame these horses You can't tame these horses No, you can't tame these horses You can't tame these horses He didn't want her to see him leaving He couldn't keep sitting there watching her sleep Cause he knows if he hangs out for a few hours He'll dig another hole trying to plant some new flowers But the sun don't shine under the table He's trying to hold his life together with staples No investment cause he's incapable And he's on the outro of being labeled available The word on the street is his girl's coming back home No more alone, no more sad poems No after bar calls to the cell phone It's time to walk a new path and grow up backbone shoved into the big book of just friends wondering how he would look as a husband and every one of them he ever allowed to love him now watching from the crowd trying to be proud of him everything is all i have to give you and i'm afraid it ain't enough and you're not so young that you believe me just because i say it's love even if they come to steal you tomorrow i know my smile was yours Chase your dreams and your freedom Run, run, wild, wild horses You can't tame these horses You can't tame these horses No, you can't tame these horses You can't tame these horses